The Protectors of the Wood podcast. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. Episode number 59. Tension and conflict as the big event draws closer. Abby, Stephanie, Phoebe, Jeremy, George, and Eddie all tried to make a plan as the clock struck midnight. Abby, you could sleep here tonight, in my loft. George and I could stay down here. No, no, I'm fine. I'll leave when you close up. Aren't you going to practice anymore? I was just listening earlier in the garage before I had the nerve to come in. I like the songs you're doing. George beamed. He sat up and smiled. I'm so glad you said that. We've got another hour of work. Let's get to it. But what about the people Phoebe needs to help at the concert? You know, to count the audience coming in at the front and back doors? Phoebe was thinking. She remembered. She's our partner. Definitely our partner. Eddie, your brother can work. Will he be there? Yeah, but now that you're working for Sammy, Chris is doing all the tech work. Who can replace him? After a long pause, Stephanie summed up the situation. We all know plenty of people, but the job at the doors seems to be both super important and hard to do. Everyone's going to want to listen to music and talk to their friends and let their friends in if they're late. No one's going to take the job seriously. And how are they going to keep someone out who really wants to push their way in? Fight them? I'm sorry, but we need people with authority. Some sort of clout at those two spots. Like police or at least older adults. You're right. I've got another idea. I'll persuade Gilligan to close the toy store early. Then Lewis and I can manage the doors and the counting. And he'll be all the authority Lewis will need. I'll take the back door and find another adult to help. Like, maybe Sammy and Gilligan's lawyer. I've got to be there anyway to handle the overflow crowd. Phoebe looked around for agreement, and everyone nodded. I've got one more request before we end this meeting. We need a newspaper reporter, and maybe a photographer, and a music critic to attend the concert. The Standard will publish articles that will make us look like fools and idiots, or worse, like a bunch of criminals. Can't we find someone from a big paper, or even a television network, who's on our side? Yes, Stephanie. Now's the time to use your connections. I've already left my uncle a long message, and I asked my father to call him. That's the best I can do. George looked at Phoebe. What about your parents? They know important people. Or they used to. 
Phoebe felt sad, and it showed on her face. I'm... I'm sorry, I... I knew there... It must be hard for you. That was a dumb thing to say. It's alright. Well, we're as ready as we're going to be. Abby, are you going to start working at Sammy's tomorrow? If Sammy wants me there... Okay. Phoebe looked around the room. Let's work together. Let's take care of each other. I couldn't ask for a better group to be a part of. Hey, thanks, Phoebe. You're really including me? You don't think I'm too pushy? I want to be more like you. We like pushy. We need you to be pushy. Phoebe blew them all a kiss. Let's get on with it. They returned to their instruments and set up to practice. Stephanie and Abby sat together discussing plans for the following day. Phoebe felt instantly lonely, but she was too happy to let it bother her. She had discovered that loneliness was a basic building block of the world, an unavoidable problem, like the cold or injuries or running out of money. You had to accept a certain amount of it and adjust and not take it too personally. She listened to the boys play for half an hour and then Abby stood up, gave George a kiss on the cheek, waved to everyone and slipped out the door, still in her new hat and jacket. Then Stephanie stood up to leave and Phoebe joined her. Outside, there was no trace of Abby. Do you see Abby anywhere? She must be going through the swamp. But it's hard to imagine taking that route in the dark. There's hardly even a path. We all live in a strange world these days. I love it. I've never had so much fun before. I'm so glad to hear you say that. On the way home, Phoebe was thinking. I wonder how Glenda and Tiny are doing. Maybe I could visit in the morning before Glenda leaves to drop off Tiny at the preschool. Phoebe's alarm buzzing pierced a deep sleep. As Phoebe awoke, she could not remember why it was so important to see Glenda that morning. But she knew there were lots of reasons, and she would think of them eventually. Life seemed to be moving much faster than usual, as if she had been swept into a flooded river heading toward the rapids. The roaring of the water was just ahead, and there was no way to stop now. She drank cold coffee on the front steps and then walked over the field to Oak Knoll Lane. Glenda's front door was wide open. Phoebe looked through the screen door and called. Glenda! Glenda! I'm coming. Tiny! 
Hurry up. Glenda burst out the door carrying a full book bag and a shopping bag with more bags in it. You're here early. What's up? Abby's returned. Really? Tell me, quick. It's a long story. But the main thing is that Abby's probably going to be a waitress at Sammy's for the next couple of days. What? Glenda stared and then hung her head, eyes on the ground. Oh, I just can't deal with this. Why? What is it? Glenda looked back through the screen door and then led Phoebe out toward the driveway. It's Tiny's grandparents. It's like they've gone crazy. They're on a tirade against the Wrong Way concert and Sammy's sidewalk sale and the toy store and even you. They say you're responsible for riffraff on the street and the decline of Middletown and that you and Sammy are under the influence of Abby who's actually a witch. You can't believe this stuff. Where is it all coming from? I don't know, but several times they've warned me that Abby is not a Christian and I'm to keep my daughter away from her. Tiny heard them talking. She remembers and cries over it at night. It's more than I can take. Will you go to the concert? Geraldine offered to take care of Tiny, and I do want to go, but I'm not sure it's worth it. They're warning me about police and fire, drugs and alcohol. It's gotten out of hand. If you do go, it might be best to be careful about recognizing Abby. She wears a hat and looks different. And maybe hoping nobody knows who she is. I know that doesn't seem very realistic, but I wanted to tell you. Glenda shook her head in frustration. What can she be thinking? I understand all this better now, and I'll tell you, she's in for trouble. People are acting like she represents the devil or something. You'd better warn her. I've tried. Warn who? Tiny's thin voice seemed to arise from the ground behind them. There she was, looking up with her accusatory expression, worried that the grown-ups were messing up the world again. Glenda and Phoebe were stunned for a moment. You're talking about Abby, aren't you? Yes, we are. Some people don't like her. Your mom wants me to warn Abby about that. Why don't they like her? Why can't I understand about that? Tiny's eyes welled up with tears. It is really tough to understand, even for me. I'm telling you the truth. It's very hard even for me and your mom. This is not an easy world for any of us. Tiny looked up, waiting for more. But here's something you should know. Abby looks fine. Calm, healthy, and happy. And I'm sure she misses you and your mom. 
Glenda looked at her watch. Oh, we're late again. We've got to go. Phoebe, thank you. Glenda ran back and locked the front door and ran to the truck with Tiny at her heels. Wait, Mommy! And in a moment, they were gone. Bitter cold on the darkest night, and the wind swept through the town. There was screaming in the labor room, and nurses all around. With your big round eyes and solemn face, you were light as a feather. Together, dreams we dream together. The city blocks had people there. I remember now their names. In Middletown, Crimbledy Trimble and his friends all still remain. As the nights ran by, the story grew as deep and dark as a river. The dreams we dreamed together. The dreams we dreamed together. The children appeared on the field one day. It was a bright September morn. They found adventure waiting there, and a brand new world was born. It was a world I knew and could share with you, and wish could live forever. The dreams we dreamed together. so wide made of people not of things a city all outside that all who heard could see it there with life that lives forever the dreams we dream together
Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.